Welcome to the Find Your Purpose Now podcast. We are delighted that you are here because this is for you. We do this to help you find and live your purpose, the good purpose that's uniquely yours. Because when you find it, everything starts to just fall into place. You're happier, you're more peaceful, you have better relationships with good people. It is remarkable what happens when you are living in the sweet middle of your purpose, the purpose that you've been perfectly matched to live. The great news is you're in the right place to find it. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Find Your Purpose Now podcast, where we just talk about um, all of the clues and the challenges and all that's involved with finding your purpose. Uh, it's, It's probably the most important job we have, and maybe it's really the only job we have. So today I'm excited to have my guest, Brad Hook, uh, with me. And Brad has his own podcast, but I think much more than that, Brad. So welcome. Thank you so much, Rhonda. It's a pleasure to join you. Well, so tell us about, I know you have the the podcast with the Resilience Institute, and I think that's so incredibly important. Uh, But I think you're... uh, you know, you have more dimension to you than that. Let's let's hear about you. Tell us about you. Thank you. I so I've always been interested in storytelling from a very very young age, and particularly storytelling that helps people find meaning. Uh, so so even from a, the age of about ten, I've been trying to look at situations and find, you know, the why. Why was that important to that person? How do we connect the dots and find fulfillment based on both negative and positive experiences? And I've just always been fascinated by looking for meaning. I suppose it's the the cliched man's search for meaning. But it it was something that I've nurtured along the way. And at one point in my life, I, I decided to stop uh, working. I owned a digital agency in Sydney, Australia, and I went and traveled and just interviewed people around the world and interviewed Kung Fu masters and monks and high performance sports people and uh, just people from all walks of life. And it was it was so fascinating to discover what each of them found meaningful and how important having that strong sense of purpose was. <laughs> For, for people from, you know, whether you're a surfer in Bangladesh or a Kung Fu master in Hanoi or you're a big wave surfer in Hawaii, there's there are some common threads. Uh, and that was really interesting to me. And then, and then discovering the science and the practice of resilience was interesting. It created substance to what previously was, you know, just some ideas that were floating around. And, and then the podcast, the resilience podcast was a way of continuing that journey without necessarily being in Bangladesh or Nepal or Thailand or wherever, um, because now I have a family, so I can't do that as much as I used to. Wow. Okay. So I have to just go back a little bit. So you were sort of uh, existential when you were 10 years old. (laughs) I really have the meaning of life. Yeah. Yeah. I've always... It's interesting. I I did a, an MBTI assessment not that long ago, and it the results were quite uh, very accurate in terms of being a kind of dreamer. And I always have had that tendency, you know, step back, try and understand how things fit together, interdependence. I think that idea of 
how, how things fit together and and removing myself like meta uh, cognition like trying to understand the big picture understand why i'm thinking what i'm thinking it's i've spent a lot of time in my own mind and maybe that's as a result of having you know, not an easy childhood so you 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 find space in in your own inner landscape wow uh, I'm I'm just so taken by this because I've always said that I was an existential little kid from from the time I was just a little bitty kid. Uh, mm. But my questions about why was I born and what's the point and what's going on here? Why it, my parents left when I was really little and and the people who were raising me didn't want to raise me. So I thought, gosh, is 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 life this totally random thing? And I think it was in the introduction to your book, um, Resilience Masters, mm-hmm. where you wrote something that that so resonated with me. I thought, wow, I'm so glad that I met you because I feel this commonality. When I was a little kid, I just thought, well, all of this must just be random. And the best I can do is just keep my head down. And you wrote something in that introduction about maybe the universe just produces people like an apple tree produces apples. And I thought, oh, my word, Uh, that puts to words the thoughts I had when I was a little kid. I'm a person of Christian faith now, so I don't that's I'm not not thinking that the universe produces people like uh, apple trees produce apples. But it's a beautiful way of of putting that thought to words. And there's so much more to that. so I, I just would like to unpack that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and and a lot of those types of ideas I will have borrowed from Alan Watts, the spiritual entertainer, philosopher. I find his insights profound, uh, and they are all about the connectedness of everything. You know, another concept is we are apertures through which the universe is exploring itself, and I love that as well because. You know, we are all connected. We are one organism. And, and I think this aligns with with most spiritual traditions, with most faiths. You know, another way to look at it is we are all part of God. And that, and so when I look at you, when I look at someone else, I'm actually looking at God in, in material form. And so treat people as such. I mean, to me, that's that, that's foundational. Wow. Okay. That's really interesting. It's like in, in the Christian faith, we, we say that um, there's God in each of us. Yeah. And, and what we want to try to do always is to look past the grouchy exterior or the irritability or, or people who are maybe difficult to look at. If you think about a homeless person who's been homeless for a very long time or whatever, whatever the circumstances is, if we can look past um the 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 difficulties and see uh god within yeah that we would have more respect and and uh and maybe treat people with more mercy and kindness mm-hmm. yeah and so. and i think that's what the world needs more than anything before this call i was thinking as I do a lot, like what is my purpose because I still don't feel like I've got it all figured out, and I don't know if we ever really do. But I, it's kindness. And in fact, that's the theme of my forthcoming book that I've been working on is fierce compassion. So it, the, the working title is Warrior Kind. Like, how can we be fiercely kind? Oh, wow. Fierce compassion. 
I've written that down. I'll be wanting to read that when you release that. Thank you. I think that's, um, gosh, that's so needed right now in the world. I mean, I've, I've written two books about kindness. Um, and one is like a little, just a little gifty type of book. That's 101 ways to, to be kind. And, and, uh, but the second book is, is actually really going much deeper and talking about becoming a kindness ambassador in the world by being kind, deliberately being kind to people who cannot or will not reciprocate. So if you think about being kind to someone who has dementia, they can't do anything for you. They can't do anything to you. You know, the, the people who, um, foster parents, you know, who yeah. take in kids who uh, struggle maybe with the anger about the things that have been done to them. And, and so when you're finally with someone who's safe, you can emote, right? And so you can you can let that anger out safely. It doesn't feel great to the foster parent, right? But but to the person who understands and can stand by somebody when they're having that hard time, it doesn't have to be a foster kid, any of us, you know, when we can just stand by somebody and wow. say, okay, I'm just going to love you through this. This doesn't feel good right now, but I'm not going to run away from you. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. So I love that. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about fierce compassion. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I think, you know, just reflecting on that, it's, it's kind of like I've heard many stories and I've experienced this myself when people are in those situations. So, you know, maybe you've been raised in one place and now you come to a new place. Often that anger that is a way of testing to see if the same patterns will reoccur. So I'm really angry and I'm expressing it towards that person who's looking after me hoping, almost just testing, are they going to react with violence? Are they going to react with anger of their own? And if they don't, you actually start to build trust and go, oh, wow, okay, so the, a different outcome is possible. I've experienced it in my life. And and I think that's where people who can do this repeatedly, just uh, they're changing the world, they're changing people's lives, really helping them along the journey. And that's what we do in some way, is hopefully create safe spaces for people so that they can learn and practice and uh and hopefully experience a, a different way you know, they, they we open up a path or shine a light so that people can progress on their journeys ah i love that yes i hope that's what's happening with find your purpose now podcast and with the, your resilience institute podcast that i love the idea of creating safe spaces for people uh to really think through some of these things when you were talking i thought about the number of people walking around, the walking wounded, I think a lot of people say, who who have sort of, um, who carry with them feelings of abandonment, the hurt from abandonment. It's not necessarily um, abuse. A lot of people come from a broken home, parents who divorced, uh, or the death of a parent. It can be the death of a spouse or a loved one, a friend who you thought you you envisioned a future with this person. And now not only do you not have the person, so you're grieving that loss, but you're also grieving the loss of the future that you envisioned, whatever that looks yeah. like in your mind, right? And so what you were talking about reminded me of that. People who have experienced really painful feelings of abandonment 
have, I think, a tendency to test relationships and they may not even realize they're doing it, right? And so the first time or the 10th time, whatever it is, there's some kind of a, there's a rift, there's an argument, there's a disagreement, whatever. Those of us who are walking around with feelings of abandonment will very often just go ahead and sabotage the relationship and say, ah, that's it. I'm out of here. Or, you know, you, or they, or they push too far to your point. Um, I think I'm just going to let her favorite vase that her great grandmother left to her. I think I might just, you know, push that off the table uh, and just, you know, because that's going to be it for sure. She's going to break up with me or she's going to kick me out, whatever it is. And, and we see, we just see sometimes mm-hmm. how far we can push somebody. And it's all about sabotage because it's so much less painful when we call it off or screw it up we think anyway, than if the other person says, ah, that's it, I can't take you in. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Pushing those boundaries to revert back to a pattern or a situation that we've practiced before, that at least we know for sure, well, I, I can, I've been abandoned before and this is, it kind of confirms all of these limiting beliefs. Yeah, there we go again. I'm all alone and then I can be sad and I can go through that cycle because it's comfortable in a way. But whatever we've practiced is comfortable and it's just like stress. If you make stress a habit and now you shift jobs, you think what I need is this big change and I've got a new job, I guarantee you'll make it stressful because stress is something you've practiced so much that it feels like you're missing out, like your nervous system is primed for this feeling of intense stress, cortisol, all the chemicals. And I think it's the same with that. Like you, you, you almost feel, is it guilt for being happy and finding a different state? And you're, you quite naturally get drawn to, well, I don't deserve this. I should be, I should be sad and abandoned because that's what I've practiced. And it takes something major to get out of that, that pattern. Well, th- that's so true. I think though a lot of people do it without really even being consciously aware of that you know it's like the it's like the person who um is really overweight and they lose 85 pounds or whatever they do all the work and they lose the weight and then you see the person two years later and they've gained it all back and then some i think having been one of those people i lost a lot of weight a long time ago and i kept it off but i thought i think you, you have to get it in your head that the new normal is is what you want otherwise whether it's weight loss or um, creating stress creating chaos creating dysfunction we will just slide back in to that and it's really sad when you're looking at you know somebody who came from a really abusive uh, background, chaotic, dysfunctional, maybe a parent who's addicted or, or mentally ill or whatever. This is how these cycles perpetuate. Yeah. Because unless we decide, we're going to draw the line in the sand. We're yeah. going to stop this. We're going to create a new normal. And then we're going to live there. We will slide right back. We will. Yeah. How, how do we... So in my experience, I interviewed many, many heart attack survivors, and it took the heart attack for them to create the change. Before that, they kind of knew, oh, something's not right, and I'm eating to fill a void or whatever. Uh, but 
and dieting, you know, you fluctuate and so forth. But after the heart attack, they said suddenly I had a renewed purpose because I appreciate this gift that I've got called life and I'm going to do things a different way now. But how how can we break those patterns without a major health event? Or, you know, for some people it's, oh, I discovered that I'm about to become a parent. And that's a huge catalyst for many people because they go, okay, suddenly life's not all about me. Uh, it's about someone else. But without something major happening, how can we uh, shift from our previous patterns to a new pattern? What do you think? I think it ha- it all comes down to purpose. Mm. And, you know, of course I do. It's <laughs> it's the Find Your Purpose Now podcast. Okay, exactly. right? And when you're a hammer, everything's a nail. And so... Uh, but you know, I've 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 lived a long time, and the older I get, the more I think, okay, the whole point is to find and live your purpose. And if you if you think about that, that's the goal, and you keep your eyes on the goal, and and everything in some way or another moves you toward it. Yes. So that. You know, hopefully you don't have to have the near-death experience or um, or some other major life event that's maybe not necessarily a, a positive thing. Um, but when we when we live purposeful lives, the, our purpose is always accompanied by a sense of fulfillment and contentedness that you just can't get any other way. So I almost I almost feel like. Um, you know, talking to somebody about purpose who, unlike you, like you're there, but you know, there are some people who are like, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, they, they, and I think this has got to be like trying to explain chocolate to somebody who's never tasted it. I just want to give them a taste Mm -hmm. of the amazing thing that is on the other side of really living your purpose. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that you, you said earlier uh, that you don't you don't know if you're really there or whatever. I get that. I think though, we typically know when we're not. Yeah. Right, because we're unhappy or we're physically yeah. ill. Yeah. Um, you know, there there are signs. It's like a symptoms a symptoms of a disease that that uh, we can say, okay, I'm really unhappy. You know, I have headaches all the time, or my stomach is upset all the time. I'm just stressed all the time. Whatever it is. Um, for some people, it has to do with relationships. You know, they're just constantly, um, you know, there's a revolving door with their relationships. Well, that's a sign, right? It can be the revolving door of um, jobs or, you know, sort of a compulsion to to pursue the next thing mm. because they're chasing, chasing you know, that thing that they think will make them happy. Yes. Uh, and then we find out that, you know, that actually doesn't or, you know, because the new car smells great and it's fabulous. It's wonderful. But by the time the payment book comes in, <laughs> it's dirty. Oh. It needs gas. Yeah, that's so true. I think that hedonic treadmill, if you're if you're if the only thing that brings you brief moments of pleasure, which you think is happiness, are material, then you're probably on the wrong path. <laughs> I think that's that, that that's an issue that a trap that many of us fall into is oh if I just get you know that I feel a bit of a void uh, inside of myself there's a bit of emptiness between me and my spouse but you know what's going to fix that 
is that new fridge or, or that new sofa or that holiday. And then you go on holiday and you're both stressed, scrolling on your phone, checking work email. I mean, these are patterns that people run. So uh, one way that I've found quite useful is to visualize your life as a movie, recognizing that there's a start and an end of the movie. And you're the main character, but you're also the director and you're also the producer. So you've got, you know, you've got a few roles in inside of there. You have some control. And deciding, well, do I want this to be a drama or a comedy or do I want this to be an adventure or do I want it to be a love story? You know, it's up to you. And it can be a little bit of all of those things. And asking, do I want it to be just a painful, boring story where, where I'm just sitting around crying and feeling upset and sad that, you know, the other characters, you know, it's up to us how we create that movie. And, and people, there's always someone who's had a, more difficult journey in, in their own life. So the hero's journey approach, uh, Joseph Campbell, you know, we, we, we love those common story patterns where there's a person who's out there in the world and then they encounter some obstacle and then they find some friends along the way and then they go and conquer the dragon. It's like the Lord of the Rings, the Matrix, pretty much all scripture follows similar patterns and it really resonates with us because we go oh yeah you can overcome these obstacles you can do it so viewing your life as a movie or if you're 18 16 a video game you know are you going to just play the same level over and over again because that's pretty boring or are you going to try and improve your skills and and explore what else there is to offer i think that's that that could help people when they're when they're feeling a little bit lost Ooh, that's really good it's funny that you said that about the video game i hadn't thought about this but I'm working on the third level of uh, the my uh, your real success program. Real success meaning living our purpose, right? And yes. the third level is called level up. And I hadn't even thought about the reference to uh, you know video games, but yes, perfect analogy, right? Nobody wants to stay at that the same level over and over and over again. There's no challenge to that. Mm -hmm. So learning and growing. Um, I mean, all of this that we're talking about, these are, these are the things that I think need to be considered if we're going to purposefully move forward in our life, instead of just sitting back and saying, well, whatever happens, happens, que sera, sera. And no, we, you're right. We get to be the producer. We're, we're not just the actor. We're not simply a puppet reading lines that somebody else came up with. We're the producer. We're the director. Another perfect analogy. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think to the degree that that we can take a minute and, you know, whether it's just five minutes every day or a week or two of a vacation every year, you know, whatever it is that, that folks can work out. But just, you know, get off the treadmill yes. for a minute and take a breath. And for me, I always say, you know, say a prayer because the for me, the fastest way to really figure out what what can I do today that will fulfill the purpose for my life today? Mm -hmm. Because it's 1,440 minutes, right? We all get that. And it's it's going to be gone. We're going to exchange it for something. And it needs to be worth the exchange. Yeah, right? and it needs to 
it needs to move us forward on the path. So when I don't know which path I'm supposed to take, what am I supposed to do? The best way for me anyway, I, I just, you know, I say, okay, I'm reporting for duty. What are we going to do today? I believe that God works through us. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but we have our free will and, you know, I can say, I'm going to do whatever I please today. I'm just going to, you know, whatever that is. It probably has something to do with potato chips on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, I mean, we, we all can do whatever we want to do. But but if we're, if we're really trying and we're really diligent, we can say, okay, I'm reporting for duty. What good will you do through me? What good will we do together? Let's cooperate and collaborate together. And then it's really remarkable what happens. You just put... For me, anyway, I just pay attention to what happens. And you get a call, you get an email, you get an idea. I should call this person or text that person. Maybe it's somebody that I haven't talked to in two years. Yeah. Uh, but it it just always comes together. And I find myself every single day walking in my purpose. I'm curious to know, how do you do it? Great question. I love what you said there. And I think it's very aligned creating some space every day and whether that's for prayer or meditation or reflection or a gratitude practice we, we just quite naturally in any spare moment pick up our phones and and I think that's a terrible pattern that most of us have developed myself included and when I purposefully create that space and leave it behind creativity happens like there's immediately start having all of these ideas and uh, finding creative solutions to things if you don't create that space every day your brain might try and create it for you at two in the morning when you wake up and you're trying to problem solve. It, it happens to so many of us. Right. So creating space every day. And then uh, a toolkit that I found really useful is micro habits. So if I want to be an actor and, and I've been an accountant for the past 20 years and I'm thinking this is not meaningful and I feel purposeless, uh, you know, YouTube, we've got so much available to us. Start a YouTube channel where you talk about accounting, talk about what you know, and you, and don't give up. Don't aim for, you know, I want to have a million followers. It's more about the process of every day for five minutes, I share a useful accounting tip. So it doesn't have to be grandiose, but it's something, and you will start to feel that fulfillment. So for me, it's write a little bit each day. I can't promise myself that I'll write for two hours like Stephen King or someone like that because I've got a lot of things going on. But if I make sure that I write for five minutes a day, that's a micro habit. And gradually it moves you in the direction that you want to go. So I think reconnecting with what what did you love doing at one point in your life? You know, what was your dream? And, and it doesn't matter. You might never be uh, a Hollywood actor or you might never be a musician, a rock star, but you could pick up the guitar and play for five minutes each day. And you'll feel so much better as a result of doing that. I love that. That's a wonderful idea. I love that. Micro habits. I have a whole page of notes here that uh, <laughs> from you as you're talking. A fierce compassion. Pleasure does not equal happiness. Love that. Gosh, I think that's the title of a book. Mm. I know you don't have anything else to do, but while you're <laughs> five minute writing every day, you could oh, yours. <laughs> probably whip that right out. Pleasure does not equal happiness. I wrote a book called 30 Days to Happiness, and, and mm. uh, I wish I would have thought uh, of that concept. Mm. Yeah, I probably borrowed it. I probably borrowed it from somewhere, but you, you just never know. But everyone borrows everything from everyone, so it doesn't matter. This is this is you know the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun, and you talked about everybody's connected. We are connected, and I think that we were 
that's how we're made. That's how we're wired. We're meant for connection. We're not meant for isolation. And there's a lot of um, research now that, that actually supports what a lot of us have known forever about societal ills just either coming out of social isolation or uh, exacerbated by, emanating from or exacerbated by social isolation. So yeah, connection. And, and that's what I think is so beautiful about this whole podcasting thing now, right? I mean, I had a radio show years ago and you had to drive, I, it was an hour drive to the station and, you know, there's traffic. And by the time I get there, I'm, you know, I'm no longer happy and excited about it. And so it was kind of a push. And now, oh my word, podcasting levels the playing field, right? So to your point of, you know, maybe you're not going to be the next Steven Tyler from Aerosmith, but, but pick up the instrument and play for five minutes a day and do something. Start a podcast. Yeah, wow. do something. So much available to you. Share your story or even better, share the stories of others. And that's what I think we do. And it's it's in that hero's journey idea. It's uh, providing people with access to inspiration and letting them know, hey, you can actually do this without a major health event occurring, there are so many ways to connect with what's going to be important for you and to add value. Like everyone has got so much potential to add value. And so many of us uh, not wasted, but we're not fully engaging our talents. And I think, again, it's not to say everyone should be super productive and we should all be innovating. And, you know, it might just be uh, having a little bit more time each day to take a break and disconnect from the noise and a little bit more time each day to connect with something that's important. Mm, that's really good. Something that you said there made me think about um, how we tend, I think, to dismiss the things that we do naturally mm. and how if, for example, somebody who's a really good listener, somebody who maybe is great at, helping other people resolve conflict or, or uh, a very logical thinker who sort of cuts through the emotion of things and says, okay, well, you know, somebody who's overwhelmed and they have 42 different things they have to do. And they, so they're just frozen and the logical thinker comes along and goes, okay, let's just break that down. What are the top three things you have to do? Okay. Let's just focus on the front, whatever it is. Right. So the people who have these amazing talents tend to dismiss them mm -hmm. like they're just no big deal. And yeah. I have a friend who I'm, I, I poke her every once in a while and, and say, I hope you get that book written. She talks about how everybody's thing that they think is no big deal is actually a very big deal mm. to the people who need those skills. Right? So if it takes you five minutes on the phone to talk to a friend who's, um, you know, completely spun out with anxiety and, you know, and in five minutes time, you have them laughing or, or you have, you know, they, you've sort of um, virtually talked them off the ledge and, and they're, they're good now and they know what to do. And you hang up and do the next thing. But the person who just was talked off the ledge might have had a life uh, changing trajectory, changing experience over it. Mm -hmm. right? So I think 
you know, to the degrees there was, I can't remember exactly what it was that you said in there, but, but it just made me think, yes, yes, yes. To the degree that we'll just be us, be the best version of us that we can possibly be and do what comes easily to us for other people, be willing to connect. Oh, we can change yeah. the world. I love that. I love that. Share your gifts. <laughs> I think it's so for us, and we've spoken about this on our other podcast, empathy, like super high empathy. I'm the same. I feel emotions in a room. Like I can just detect micro expressions and, and know how people are doing. And that's a gift that I didn't know was something special at all. But you can certainly help others along along their journey by sharing these gifts and giving them some tips. And you never know what an impact it will have. As you said, you know, someone who's really struggling and they receive that call and a little bit of love and a little bit of connection and it can not only change their day but it can change the trajectory you know you never know what what else might have happened that day whether they just give up at work or whether they have an outburst or whether they you know walk across the street not paying attention because they're in their own minds so much could happen so i think that um sharing your gifts uh, once i was in a, a yoga class and the yoga teacher said wherever you go uh, pick something up and leave something behind. And I thought that was such a nice, such a nice philosophy, such a nice approach, because it implies leaving something that's no longer serving you and picking something up that you, or, and, and what you leave behind might be something valuable to someone else. So, yes. you know, keep, keep going. Don't become too attached to anything, I think is the, is the key. Oh, I love it. Another note. I can't fit anything else. Uh, I'll need a copy of that because I, I don't know where, uh, where, where these ideas come from. Oh well, I, I love that. Um, I love that you're existential. Yes. And I love that you um, are really deliberate about living a purposeful life. Mm. And so, whether I will say that, you know, whether you're really all that aware of it or not going back full circle to what you said to begin with. I think you're nailing it. You're doing it. And, and every day is a new chance to do that. Right. So I'm sure some days we feel like we're um, in the sweet middle of our purpose. And I know for me, some days I feel like I've, I've veered off into a ditch and I'm laying there. I can, <laughs> I can see the road where my purpose is going, uh, you know, but we just have to, if when that's the case, we have to get back up and dust ourselves off and get back on the path. But uh, I love that you're doing it and sharing it with everybody. Uh, and likewise, um, connecting with you last week, I think it was, was just a joy. And it feels like we've been having these conversations for a long time and, and long may they continue. Oh, well, I feel the same way. I think that's to your point about uh, everybody, everything being connected, that um, especially now, I get, this is probably a good place for me to leave this, especially now with so much division mm. and the vitriol that comes yeah. with it, all the various ways that we sort of divvy ourselves up into categories, the color of our skin and our race and gender and socioeconomic status, who we vote for. I mean, you know, we could go on and on and on, right? That, that what we really need to do is is find common ground yes. instead of saying ah, us and them and, you know, and erecting the dividing walls saying, okay, well, what's, what's your purpose? Where does your resilience come from? Yeah. And, and meet on those things that we can all agree on 
and uh, or find something. I mean, sometimes you have to dig deep, right, to find that one thing. But we're all breathing the same air. Yes. All bleed red. And to the degree that we can, um, that we can just connect and continue to find ways to connect. I think, I think it's a good thing. So keep doing what you do, Brad. And you, thank you. Uh, I totally agree. I think losing all of these labels and just being, looking at people in the eyes, go look at a tree if a person is challenging for you and just spend some time just being, not categorizing everything and not fragmenting and reducing things to their component parts. Take a holistic view. I love it. I love it. That's a great place to end. All right. I hope you'll come back and visit me again on Find Your Purpose Now podcast. I would love to. And maybe in person. We'll see how we go. Oh, that would be awesome. All right. So I want to just ask everybody, subscribe if you haven't already. And take a look at Brad's, I should say, take a listen to Brad's podcast. Yeah, it's just called The Resilience Podcast. Uh, You'll find it on Spotify. It's uh, probably the first one that pops up when you search Resilience Podcast. Perfect. Perfect. You'll, you will not be sorry. Trust me. There's so many amazing inspirational stories. Thank you again so much for all your time today, Brad. Thank you, Rhonda. My pleasure. I want you to be happy and you can be. That's why I wrote the book, 30 Days to Happiness that was featured on the Ellen DeGeneres show and was included in her Kind Box distribution. So many people have reported finding their happiness with this book. Please go to my website, Rhonda, R-H-O-N-D-A dot O-R-G and order your copy today. Have you thought about writing a book, but you just kind of don't know where to start? Or maybe you don't have the time? If that's you, I have good news for you. I created an online self-paced micro-learning course that breaks everything down. My formula for writing a book in days instead of weeks or months or years. It breaks everything down into small, bite-sized pieces that are manageable, that you can get done. You can write your book and you should because your story matters. What you've learned along the way matters and can help other people. My online course will teach you about publishing and marketing, as well as writing and editing and getting your book out there. We'll even talk a little bit about public speaking and media. Go to my website, Rhonda, R-H-O-N-D-A dot O-R-G, and click on online courses. Scroll down to write your book in days and start right now. There is no feeling worse than being rejected. But there's nothing more empowering than loving others and being loved in return. People who feel love know that their value is not diminished by setbacks or mistakes. But how do you get love? It's not hocus pocus. There are 30 practical ways that you can bring love into your life. And when you do, everything changes. I hope you'll get a copy of 30 Days to Love. Thanks for joining us at the Find Your Purpose Now podcast. Listen, we do this for you. It's all about helping you live the purpose that you were born to live. Because when you do that, you get the peace and joy and good relationships that you strive to have. 
This is real success. So we hope that you'll share this with a friend, subscribe, and come back and see us next week. And we would love to hear from you. Go to findyourpurposenow.org. Thank you.